Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with my radio wife and co-commander, Hall of Famer Leanne Whip and Dave and Chris are mulling around in the back someplace. We would like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. And don't forget to listen to the special messages throughout the show and on the podcast version because Painted Hills Beef now has a, oh, I guess a particular benefit for listening to this show. And we're going to tell you all about it a little bit later. So uh, com. Well, we tracked her down finally in Southern mm-hmm. California. Uh, you have seen her on TV. You've seen her on the, on the web, of course. She does some things with Meathead at Amazing Ribs. But we've got Chef Steph with us today from I Can Cook That. Uh, Steph and I have followed each other for a couple of years now, I think, on Twitter. Um, and I was very honored that, you know, she's followed me she's like mm-hmm. a big star that followed me. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the nation, Steph. How oh, are you? Thank you Welcome. very much for having me. It's, it's my honor. So, um, we were talking before the show, you were originally from Missouri, I think the St. Louis area. Yeah. And, uh, did you have aspirations growing up of 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 cooking of of being known as a recipe developer a commentator a chef a cook a, a barbecue pit master uh, take us back maybe after the age of 2 and tell us what <laughs> what you what you were thinking about well you know Maybe I did, and I just didn't know it. <laughs> I mean, I always was thinking like actress, comedian, something, you know, a little girl, you know, pie in the sky type thing. But, you know, while all those girls were playing Barbies, I actually had a fake restaurant in my bedroom. So, uh, oh. you know, if you came in my room, so my dad owned a restaurant when I was really young. And so if you came in my room, like I had, you know, one of those guest checks and you got to sit down, you'd have like grilled cheese or macaroni and cheese or maybe a hot dog. So (laughs) that's kind of when it started. Oh, boy. Did you (laughs) did you learn a lot from your dad? You know, I'm sure like it sunk in along the way, but I was so little. I do remember in the restaurant, he owned an Italian restaurant and I do remember like he would let me work the soda machine. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I'm sure like, you know, growing up, I learned a ton from them because they both cooked Midwest, you know, so many great restaurants, so many Midwest recipes from like, you know, um, super thin crust cut and square pizza. Like there's always something 
interesting cooking in the Midwest, but along the way, I definitely learned a lot from them. But I think as I got older, I just started trying to put my own spins on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Did your family do a lot of, well, get togethers, indoor, outdoor, doesn't matter. Um, Cause I know it gets a little humid and warm in Missouri in the summertime. So you might've been outside doing those things, but did the whole family participate or was it always your dad at the grill, so to speak, or in the kitchen? Um, you know, my dad was always at the grill. My grandpa was always at the grill. Um, my mom did most of the indoor cooking, but my dad had these um, specialties that he would do indoors as well. So I would say like the the most of like the everyday meals probably came from mom, but the outdoorsy stuff was usually dad or grandpa. And they, they weren't always great. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it, it, time <clears throat> heals a lot of wounds. Yes. And it can make your recipes better if you pay attention, I think. But, <laughs> uh, well, that's interesting. I think you, you started... Um, like a lot of people that had some connection to the food business, you know, and, and the family impact on that. I know Leanne and her father, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's, he it seems like I would say over 50% of the um, history of most of the chefs, pit masters, anyone in the food industry had some sort of food restaurant background that they grew up with. Yeah, it's rare to come across someone that hasn't had any exposure and is actually in the field now, I think. Hmm. So I think sense. it does influence you. And yeah. as my girls know, they know not to open a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They learn the opposite. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to I mean, work that hard. <laughs> I've had that question. Oh, you should open a restaurant. No, no, thank yeah. you. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> It's a whole different beast, but um, yeah. so with your recipes that you develop, do you tend to uh, follow what's trending? Um, is it more of your own personal taste or, um, and it, do you find that you're doing outdoor things versus indoor things or simple recipes? Like what, what's your thing? Well, I think my thing in a nutshell is just trying to, um, get home cooks in the kitchen and, you know, make things approachable, um, even things that you may not find to be approachable. Um, for one, like falling into sous vide is like, as far as I'm concerned, it's changed my life. Like on a weekly basis, I sous vide something I'm constantly using a sous vide and I, you know, a lot of times, like some of the stuff I'm writing for meathead, um, that's that's smoking after the sous vide. So I think for me, it's really um, putting fresh, new, modern spins on classics or things that we all know, but making them approachable so that, you know, the average home cook can make a duck confit with five ingredients um, and a sous vide they keep in their drawer. So um, I don't really do a lot of what's trending, I don't think, but mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm certainly interested in them, but I'm just more of like, you know, how do we do it at home without 
buying a piece of machinery you've never heard of or you know going to the amazon to get an herb right right i i pretty much am convinced that when meathead passes away he's gonna be sous vide i just (laughs) i i just think he is so into it that (laughs) Uh, I, 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 I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll be right there with him. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to ask him about that. I'm going to talk to him in a couple days again, but I'm going to, oh and believe me, I'll tell him I said that. So there won't be a big oh surprise boy. to anybody. Funny. Uh-huh. How did you, how did you discover, if you will, personally, Suvi? You know, I, I was following another home cook and she was doing sous vide. And I remember just thinking to myself, it's amazing, (laughs) you know? And then, um, I got one and then I ended up entering a contest with the international sous vide association. I actually won it, which I couldn't believe. Um, and ever since then, like, it just like, I just keep doing more and more and more and more with, I even did a corned beef in it for St. Patrick's day. And it was like, it was like the best corned beef I've ever made in my life. Wow. Yeah. Go figure. Uh-huh. I just bought mine at the deli. So I just didn't want to mess with uh-huh. it, but uh-huh. I, I could have tried it. Um, when you're, when you're doing that, when you're first, I don't know what you want to call it, trying out, experimenting, getting your feet wet in sous vide. Did you have any, like, how in the heck is this really going to work thoughts? And then you went through with the process and then you found out that it worked very well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like anything I do, um, I read up a lot on it. And the thing about the foodie community is I'm sure you guys know, like everyone is beyond generous. Like if they know something they are happy to share with you everything they know about it. Um, I just find the people in the foodie community to be so gracious and helpful and knowledgeable. So I had, you know, a lot of people that I was networked with that um, really gave me some great information, a lot of YouTube videos. And then once I understood how it actually worked, like how the, um, the breakdown of tissue and cartilage and like all of that works over time and that everything is BPA free and that, that they've been doing this in fancy restaurants and in France for Lord knows how long, like it all just kind of made sense to me. That was the same way with smoking. I had never, I had never used a smoker until the pandemic. And then I was like, well, I think I want to start smoking and yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> meat, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, just, just really getting, just going all in, absorbing myself. What's your husband think of all this? Uh, well, <laughs> he said, if we get one more smoker. <laughs> 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 no, you know, I mean, he's very supportive, but I think like, at this point he's used to it. We've been together 10 years now. And I remember he loves the story a couple of years ago. I said, this has nothing to do with smoking, but I said, you know, did you realize how easy it is to make ricotta? And he was like, no, 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 we're not making cheese. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I was like, no, you don't understand. And and of course now he loves ricotta, but 
Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Chef Steph from I Can Cook That right after this on Barbecue Nation on USA Radio Networks. Everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to uh, the nation of the Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Ms. Leanne. If you want to email us, just go to barbecuenationjt.com. There's a little thing there. On the front page, you can send us a note, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. We both have, what do I want to say? We both have our own personal accounts, and then you have the show account. So we're pretty easy to get a hold of if you have a question or a comment. Uh, we've got Chef Steph today from I Can Cook That. Yeah, I like that name. I really do. I I, I can cook that. Uh, how did you come up with that? Um getting into the things that I wanted to learn how to cook and then you know you'd watch videos or read recipes or whatever and I was like I can cook that (laughs) so it was born and you know just kind of stuck around well I like that I I like that I like that a lot how much how much time do you spend every week working on recipes and um development i know you're you're like you said earlier you're doing stuff for meathead at amazing ribs but you got to do your own stuff too so is this an eight ten hour a day job or you just do it as it as you feel like it it is now i mean it used to be something that was just a passion of mine that i did on the side i by day i was an it project manager um, and I would just kind of do this on the side and then i was um laid off last late last year and so i just thought well you know i think i'm really gonna see what i can do with this and it's been really wonderful i mean it's slow going like you know any other business but um you know getting to uh work with people like meathead and having you wonderful people invite me to a great show like this like it's just like i almost feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So right. to answer your question now, yes, it's a, it's a full-time job. Um, and I do like, I do stuff for him, but like, I'm always trying to experience, experiment with new things, for, especially for home cooks, because that's kind of the whole point behind I can cook that is that I can cook that, but, but also you can cook that and sure. your grandma can cook that. And so yeah, coming up with new spins, I think, is probably the most challenging. Um, and then a lot of the other problem is that I don't always measure things. So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, people will be like, oh, can I have the recipe? I'm like, yeah, let me let me get it on the site next week. so yeah i'm not not a baker i'm a cook and so sometimes i just come up with stuff by throwing some stuff together and 
sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that uh, that feeling like when somebody says, man, this is really good. I have one friend whose um, stepmother always asked me for the recipe. I don't think she's ever tried to cook anything that I've cooked because she's not a very good cook. But um, she always asked for the recipe. And sometimes I'll have to say, uh, I'll go write that down for you because I have no yeah. idea what the hell I did. I exactly. Did that. Leanne's kind of that way, too. You know, I she, am. Can, yep. she kind of throws stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always funny when I hear people say I'm not a baker. I'm a cook because <laughs> I, I feel the same way. Um, baking is a little too exact for me, unless it's like Jiffy corn bread out of a box or something, you know, or a <laughs> Duncan Hines cake. I, I'm not very good at baking. Me either. Yeah, it's very tough. What do you think is to date is probably your best uh, creation? I'd say I have two. Um, my Asian flank tacos um, are interesting because they it's a 10 ingredient marinade that you make in a jar and it's, it's multi-purpose. So people really gravitate towards that and it's different and it's tasty. Um, and then I would say my, it's not really chicken cordon bleu, but it's my spin on chicken cordon bleu, um, to where there's no breading or frying or anything like that, but it has a Dijon mascarpone base. Um, that's kind of the glue that holds the ham and the cheese and all that together. And then people really like that one too, because you can use it as a base for like cream sauces for pasta, especially mm-hmm. for people that are, you know, gluten-free and they can't have flour. So I think those are two are my, my big ones. Mm-hmm. You experiment on your husband with your recipes mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> And he's still he's still doing good. He's okay. And he says he still loves me. So okay. <laughs> so here's actually a question for for both of you. How difficult is it to uh, to break in at the levels you are at? Now you didn't start there, obviously, but you're both being very successful women. Um, Leanne's in the Hall of Fame. You're you were almost in the sous vide hall of fame from what I understand mm-hmm. chef Steph, but how, how tough is the, is it in the obstacles that you've overcome? Leanne, you want to take that first? Well, I had a benefit in the fact that I broke into barbecue when hardly any women were in it. So there wasn't a lot of competition from a women side of it, you know, 27 years ago, I think today because of COVID and people almost like yourself, Steph, where you created your full-time business at home, there's a lot more of that. So there's a lot more competition out there, um, you know, and to be a breakout person, it's almost like you have to create crazy things in order to get that. And that's not really what it's all about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, it was a lot easier I, I think it's harder today because there are so many people and I hate to use the word competition because it isn't like you're competing, you know, because it is a, a family of foodies. But when you're trying to make a business out of it, you're trying to get advertisers, you know, you're building blogs and you want traffic and da, 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 you know, then it is a competition. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I appreciate the, the kind words, but I, I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, um, 
I just remember several years ago, it's it's a lot like what you're saying, Leanne. It's just several years ago, I was sitting in the kitchen with my husband and I was in between contracts like for my day job. And I thought, you know, I know there's like a million of me out there and but but what what if? What just what if, you know, and I I have to try, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just my passion. Um and I mean, I would, I would love to be at the level that Leanne and yourself is at, but at the same time, you know, I just kind of trust in the universe that I'm wearing. I'm on my way, hopefully. And speaking of doing a great job, we're going to take a break, give everybody a break here, get a little commercial action in, and we'll be back with Barbecue Nation uh, right after this message. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation, and my friends down at Smoky Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now, Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink, and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well, they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida, and they bring you fire-grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner, and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Leanne Whippen, Hall of Famer, I might add, is on the other side of the screen with me today. And we're talking with Chef Steph from I Can Cook That. We want to thank Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. Real fast, you go to the Painted Hills website, go to their online store, which they just redid, place an order. Because a lot of people can't get it in different parts of the country. Um just go order it online. Type in BBQ Nation and you get a substantial discount on your order. And it's not just the first order. So that's how you do it. And also pig powder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Trim tab. That's Leanne's dad. Created uh, pig powder dry rub quite a long time ago. But it's still around. It's still kicking and it's still being used by uh, winning pitmasters all over the place. And I use it here at the house. Uh, Jim, as you know, was uh, Leanne's daughter or Leanne's father, excuse me. Uh Got the role reversal thing going here. Uh Um, And you can get some pig powder today by going to pigpowder.com. And like I like to tell people, Leanne will autograph something for you if you do that. So go to pigpowder.com and you can order pig powder today. And we're talking with Chef Steph from I Can Cook That. when you're learning, when you're doing like sous vide with a with a lot of things, um, what is your success step to failure in your in your ratios? I mean, we all have it. It's not you don't sit down and write a perfect recipe every time you try. But how long does it do? You, on average, does it take till you're satisfied with a recipe? I mean, I guess it just depends on the recipe. Um, like, like I was working on this glaze for the sous vide corned beef and 
I don't know how many times they did the glaze. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, there's too much mustard or no, you know, that's not really working for me. Um, so it, it really depends. Like I, I find that it's more like portions of the recipe that I'm trying to really dial in that mm -hmm. I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to that type of stuff. But as far as like the, the big chunks of the recipe, like I've really dialed in um, on high fat proteins, like my time and temperature in sous vide and then dialing it in on the smoker afterwards. So it, I think it's more like the fine tuning of the stuff that really kind of weighs me down. Yeah, that's that's legal. <laughs> I, I will tell you that long before I heard the, the name sous vide, <laughs> I kind of come from a country background and when we would be out camping or whatever, we would, we would dump stuff in Ziploc bags and put it in boiling water, especially like eggs and bacon. And then you got scrambled eggs in the morning if you didn't have a pan. And yeah. that's the way we did it. I had no idea that that was sous vide. I just thought it was. You're ahead of your time. <laughs> well, I don't think much about that, but I think mm -hmm. that I just didn't know that. What we were doing, the main thing you had to do was keep the plastic away from the side of the pot or poke a, melt a hole in it, and then you were in trouble. Yep. So that, that, um, that. A lot of the recipe development that you're doing, obviously, ingredients are super expensive. And um, so as you're building this business, um, what are you looking at to get revenue stream in for you? Or what do you do? Uh well, I have a lot of affiliate partners. Um, so I have, I'm in partner with Anova, Suvi, D'Artagnan, uh, that type of thing. So as I'm building up my business, like in any business, email is, you know, the gold ticket at this point. So building up my email list and really understanding the sales and creating boutique experiences for the people that are interested in cooking. Um, that's really my biggest source of revenue stream at the time, which, you know, like, you know, it's like any other business. It just takes a long time to get there. Uh -huh. But that's, that's what I try and do is understand what, I mean, obviously I'm not going to try and market a D'Artagnan sale to a vegan, <laughs> you right. know? but um, really understanding who loves what um, and getting that engagement from from people that are following my cooking is super helpful so I can create them a boutique experience. Mm -hmm. You do stuff privately for people. I, I do. Mean, if you have a, if you have some people that follow you and they get a hold of you and they say, Hey, Steph, uh, you live in Southern California and they say, well, could you come up to orange County or something and, and do this for us? Is that one of the ways that you can do that? It is. Um, I don't do a lot of catering type thing because that's just not my wheelhouse, but right. um, milestone events, you know, 50th birthdays, graduations, you know, that type of thing. I'm, I like the more like intimate type uh events but you know um if you need some help with something like if anytime I can submerge myself either around food or by being around successful people um because I'm always learning like yeah I, I'm I'm there <laughs> cool so tell us about your radio career 
Oh. You told me that before we came on the air. <clears throat> Another lifetime ago. So back in St. Louis, there was, a re- I don't even know if they're still around. Uh, it was 89.5. Let me see if I can remember. KYMC, the only station that dares to be different. Um, <laughs> they were, um, this was back, this is back, God, I'm really dating myself. This is back in the eighties and they were one of the very few stations that played at the time it was known as alternative music. So like the cure in excess, you know, that type of uh-huh. music. Um, and I was St. Louis's youngest DJ. I was 15 years old at the time I had, I was on every Saturday from one to four. And I loved it. I actually thought I was going to be a DJ for a very long time. I thought I was going to be a DJ. And then I fell into a whole bunch of other sideways stuff. <laughs> I think you made a wise decision. I'll yeah. Just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, you get to work with great people. I get to work with Leanne every week and all that. And and you get to interview great people like you. And we had lots and lots of folks on the show, but I, it's kind of like Michael Corleone in the Godfather. You know, every, every time I think I'm free, it just pulls me back in at that line. He said, well, and, and this was back in the turntable days. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I did. You ever did you ever put on an LP but have it at the wrong speed on the turntable? <laughs> I don't know if I did that, but that would have been fun anyway. I did it. <laughs> yeah, but I had a morning show. I had a you know I had to get on the air at six and. Oof, that's some tough. morning, some mornings were rough. Where do you see yourself? Where, where do you see yourself? say two years from now and where do you think or where do you hope your your followers your cooking your recipes will be you know two or three years from now what's your goal out there you know if if i had if, you know if i if dreams could come true i mean i would love to ha- to have my own you know food network cooking show that that would be like you know my golden dream where where will I realistically be in two years I don't know I'm just going to keep entering contests I'm going to keep you know connecting with um like-minded people and see where it goes I mean hopefully this could be my full time I don't want to if I can help it I don't want to go you know back IT grinding it nine to five every day um, I'd love to be able to take this all the way. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got somebody who doesn't live too far from you, Harry Sue. He was in that IT world for years. and I heard that show. That was a great show. Yeah, and, and really? Harry does nothing but barbecue and uh, entertain people these days. So see, there's you can make it happen. You can. You, you can. can make, you know, what's been the toughest thing you've had to... to to work with, I mean, and I'm talking about a specific food um, to really get it down. Was it was it beef or pork or pasta or whatever it was that you were working with, especially with your sous vide stuff, and then taking it to the barbecue, your trial and error method, because that's the only way we really know how to do food. Mm-hmm. Is what was the toughest one that you had to conquer? That's a good question. And I think I'm going to get around to answering that more specifically in a second, but I think what my, what one of my biggest hurdles is 
inconsistencies in protein, right? Because like you can you can get a racker rib, the same racker ribs that you always buy, you know, your your favorite um brand and cook it the same exact way a week later and it's like why is this dry or you know because it's mm-hmm. like inconsistencies in the meat but i would say um what has been my biggest hurdle honestly probably and we were talking sous vide right right okay honestly probably steak as, as crazy as that sounds, because I'm so particular when it comes to a perfect medium rare, um, I think that, that you know, everything else is so forgiving. Chicken's forgiving. Um, anything with a high fat content is forgiving. Even chicken breast, as long as you get the time and the temp, like that's, it's the best chicken breast you'll ever have if you sous vide it. But steak if you, especially if you're doing a filet and you don't have something that's got that high fat, like it, it can throw you for a curve. We're going to be back with Barbecue Nation with Leanne, myself, and Chef Steph right after this. Don't go away. Everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, uh, along with Leanne Whippin. Uh, She's the one with the glasses and the blonde hair on the other side. You can't yeah. can't see that. She's always there for me. She does a great job. And we've got Chef Steph from I Can Cook That. Next week, uh, we have got uh, Sean Wall, Chef, coming up with us. Uh, he's a Southern California guy. And uh, Cali Barbecue. And he also does a show on the restaurant business. So I figure Looking Leanne. Looking forward he, to that. Yeah, yes. Leanne and he are going to uh, probably go at it. I might take a nap. But it's okay. Anyway, uh, so Steph, you said that you're um, doing like competitions. Are they basically online recipe contests, or do you do in person type competitions? Yeah, I'm not so much the in person type competitions. Maybe I'll get there someday. But um, no, most of the stuff I do is online. Um, it hasn't been announced yet, but I did recently enter a contest that I won um, for a a chef that just opened a restaurant uh, in L.A. Um, and so that that was an honor because that recipe is going to be featured on his menu for a year. So I'm super excited about that. So most of my stuff has has been online. Maybe one day I'll do the in-person competition, but honestly, I'm just not sure that's my wheelhouse. I watch you guys and those competitions and those like that's just the things that that you guys do in a pit are just amazing to me. It's it can be grueling, but it, it's also fun. What on these recipe contests, it, do you incorporate the sous vide uh, technique or is that not permissible? 
Um, I usually if I enter a sous vide um, recipe, I'll I'll provide an alternate op- option uh-huh. for like the grill or you know the stove uh-huh. or something like that. Because I don't want to be eliminated because not everybody does sous vide and not everybody even knows what it is. Right. Right. Do you like to drink? <laughs> I do. Why? Did you see my wine glass? What? No, 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 no. I just thought, you know, if you ever going to do in-person competitions, then you, you'll you fit right in. Oh, there, yeah. You know. Yeah. And that that's a joke, folks. Don't get upset about it. It's a joke. It's uh, just part of human nature like that um you know the the term melt in your mouth uh if you talk to a barbecue person depending on who they are like they'll say you know the ribs fall off the bone well some people think that's great some people think it's not so good well melt in your mouth um is that the ultimate goal with sous vide to make it so Tender, not falling apart or anything, but just very tender and moist and that, and then finish it on the grill <clears throat> that it literally kind of melts in your mouth. Is that the ultimate goal? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe depending on who you ask. For me, it's um it's just creating the best version of whatever it is that you're creating. Like the the thing, what the Suvi has the power to do is mind-blowing to me. Like the fact that I can make a duck confit in a Tupperware and a bit of Tupperware in 24 hours with, with five ingredients and, and hardly any work the the Suvi does the work for you. It breaks, it breaks the fat down the way it's supposed to be broken down. It's what turns it into a confit, um, the chicken breast. So my husband, when we first met, he would not even eat chicken breast because he had had it just demolished throughout his entire life. Uh-huh. Uh, that was, you know, a restaurant or wherever. And once I started souvening chicken breast, he he requests it now. So I think the goal is really to make make proteins because I don't do a lot with vegetables and that type of stuff. Um, but to make proteins shine the best they can to let people know that chicken breast really doesn't have to be dry. That type of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Could you do something with Brussels sprouts? You could. <laughs> I'm not a huge Brussels sprout fan, but I did have some a couple months ago that they they were not sous vide. But it was the first time in my life that I ever actually took a second helping of Brussels sprouts. Were they caramelized or were yeah, they-, they were kind of caramelized with a balsamic Roasted. deal and and yeah. that they were quite good, a little charred, not bad, mm-hmm. but. You know, they probably but, roasted them. I, I, they probably didn't put them in a sous vide. No, probably not, because this restaurant probably didn't know what that was. But uh, just curious, you know, on, on all that. Um, I mean, vegetables require such high heat in the sous vide um, that, to me, it's it's not worth it. I mean, you might as well just braise it, you know, over the stove or something like that. It's sure. just, and the temperatures, if you don't know what you're doing, can be quite dangerous. I mean, hot water at 190 degrees is no joke. Right. Right. What does Fargo think of all this? <laughs> oh, Fargo. Um, you know, she's the CEO. So, <laughs> so Leanne's cats are the same way. So. <laughs> Where is she? I don't know where she is, but I'm glad you know about Fargo. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a cat guy too. And Leanne is a cat lady. 
So awesome. Once in a while, and you'll have one walking between her yeah. and the microphone at her house. So. I believe it. It's it's all it's all. They're usually locked up for the show. I love it because I lock them in the bedroom and they're not allowed in the bedroom, so it's like they're kind of happy when I do the show. Yeah, they aren't allowed in the bedroom, but they're in there now. How many do you have? I have two. Of course, I have Kobe. You know, gotta have a Kobe and uh Allie. Yeah, they're rescue cats, but ah, um, Fargo's she, a rescue cat too. And she's a, the sommelier. She picks the wine. So oh, there you Very go. Nice. There nice. you go. Yeah. We had to we have one Mavis, which is a tux kitty with a little heart on her nose. She's a cutie. Aww. But she follows my wife everywhere. And the only time she comes close to me is when she needs a treat and I have this little bag of treats you can't really see it there but i have a bag of treats in my desk so once in a while during the afternoon she'll come strolling in rub on my leg talk for a couple of minutes i give her treats and then she leaves so <laughs> she's not she's very loyal to shelly she's not very loyal to me so i'll put it to you that way oh what's um, the stuff is stuff is you know stuff's a pit boss ambassador yes yes um so what kind of pit boss equipment do you have in your backyard Oh my gosh. Um, Here we go. I have a vertical five series, which I love for parties. And then I have, um, gosh, I have the newest one. It's the, the name is escaping me right now. Savannah? I'm sorry. Savannah? No. Um, I can't believe the name is escaping me right now. I'll have to, let me find out for you and I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. But, um, it's just a small, it's a small one. Um, it's the pellet and then you can open it up and then it gets up to like a thousand degrees. I don't, I cannot believe the name is escaping me right now. Steph, tell everybody how they can find your stuff, how they can contact you. Uh, yeah. So everywhere I am on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I am on Facebook. Um, you name it, I'm on it. Well, thank you for joining us today. And, uh, Leanne and I will be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. We'd like to thank you for listening and go out there, cook something and be kind. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.